Hello, I'm Jean Setzfund from AARP. Welcome to the Learn at 50 Plus podcast series. What's next for one person is not what's next for another. Whether it's switching careers, learning how to care for a loved one, using new technology to make your life easier, or protecting yourself from frauds and scams, our podcast series can help you be ready for what's next. Welcome to part one of this webinar, Social Security, What You Need to Know. I'm your host, Rick Young. Now, due to the coronavirus pandemic, AARP staff and webinar guests are working remotely. You can still uh, count on us to deliver quality programming. It'll just look a little different. We certainly appreciate your understanding. Now, the majority of our time will be spent answering common questions, demystifying Social Security retirement benefits, and sharing ways and tips to help you get the most out of Social Security. I'm joined today by Kathy Stokes, a director from AARP Programs, and Rob Clark, a Social Security expert and a 38-year veteran of the Social Security Administration, now retired. We'll also hear from special guest John Dauphiné, CEO of Foundation for Financial Planning. That'll be in our next webinar. Kathy and Bob, uh, Rob, thanks for joining us. Now, we're trying something a little different with part two of this webinar. Kathy, can you tell us a bit more? Well, sure, Rick. Um, you'll have the opportunity to have your questions answered live during part two of this webinar on Thursday, April 30th. Our first airing will begin at 7 p.m. Eastern, and a second airing will start at 8 p.m. Eastern. And we'll be joined by volunteer certified financial planning professionals who will help to address your questions. My thanks to the Foundation for Financial Planning, Stratos, and Goldman Sachs for providing the volunteer certified financial planners. Now, before we go any further today, we want to take a moment to address the impact of the global coronavirus pandemic and how your Social Security retirement benefits are affected. Kathy, what do we need to know? Yeah, thanks, Rick. We know that many of you are concerned whether your monthly Social Security benefits will be affected by the pandemic, and the short answer is no, and that's coming straight from Social Security Commissioner Andrew Saul. Social Security will continue to pay benefits. You will see no change in your regular monthly payment if you get it by direct deposit, and for those of you who get your monthly payment by mail or direct express debit card, you will continue to do so. We also know that there have been some concerns about the safety of postal mail. And according to the US Postal Service, citing guidance from the World Health Organization, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and the US Surgeon General, there is no evidence that COVID-19 is spread through the mail. Unfortunately though, due to the coronavirus pandemic, social security field offices are closed temporarily, so in-person assistant is not currently available. You can get help online at ssa.gov or by calling Social Security at 1-800-772-1213. But given the high volume of calls during this time, you might want to pour a big cup of coffee because you'll be waiting for a while to, to, to connect with somebody. Later in the webinar, we'll cover some additional information on how you can still apply for Social Security benefits and how a Social Security representative can still assist you during the pandemic. Another additional step that the Social Security Administration has put into place is extending deadlines for providing documents and other information. So if you are asked to contact the Social Security Administration by a specific date, just please don't go to the field office. Instead, you can call 
or you can wait to visit a local security, social security branch uh, once their offices reopen to the public, or you can mail your documents to the Social Security Administration and they will follow up with you once the pandemic subsides. The Social Security Administration is also applying something called its good cause policy. And this allows the agency to extend the time limits for submitting appeals and other actions during the pandemic. Another significant development is the new economic stimulus law. Now, as you know, Congress did pass and the uh, president signed a bipartisan bill with several vital measures that AARP worked really hard to make happen. And first one is that the Department of Treasury has begun sending out payments of $1,200 to well over 100 million U.S. households. And this is no matter their work status, and it includes people whose primary source of income is Social Security. Um, Social Security retirement and disability recipients will not, who don't usually have to file a tax return, will receive the $1,200 payments without having to take any action. Um, you'll receive the check the way you normally receive your Social Security check now, either by direct deposit or by the mail or loaded onto a direct express debit card if that's currently how you get your benefit. And then just last week, the administration announced that supplemental security income or SSI recipients with no qualifying children will receive the $1,200 payments and they don't have to take any action to get those payments. However, for SSI recipients who have qualifying children under the age of 18, you shouldn't wait for the automatic payment. Instead, go to irs.gov to the IRS non-filers webpage there to provide your information. In doing so, they'll also receive the $500 per dependent child payment in addition to the $1,200 individual payment. Now, if SSI recipients in this group don't provide that information to the IRS soon, they'll simply just have to wait until later to receive the $500 per qualifying child. If this applies to you though, it's a good idea to go over to irs.gov and refer to the information on non-filers. Well, thanks a lot, Kathy, that's really helpful. Now, we're gonna be providing a lot of information, a lot of it today. Everything we share during this webinar can be found in the resources folder. You can access, access that folder during the webinar or while watching the webinar on demand. Okay, let's get into our discussion. Now, during the webinar, we'll focus on the top four questions we get about Social Security. They are, one, what should I know about applying for Social Security benefits, which includes collecting early or waiting? Two, how does continuing to work impact my benefits? Three, how does spousal and survivor benefits work? And four, how are Social Security benefits taxed? I also want to point out that you can access a lot of great information at AARP's Social Security Resource Center, www.aarp.org slash social security, where you'll find answers on the key factors that shape your benefits. Remember, we'll have the opportunity to have your questions answered live by volunteer certified financial planners during part two of this webinar on Thursday, April 30th. Our first airing will begin at 7 p.m. Eastern time, and a second airing will start at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Let's turn to Rob. Rob, can you tell our audiences how to apply for Social Security benefits? Sure, Rick. Um, there's three ways to apply for your Social Security benefit. Uh, one option is to visit your local Social Security office. But as Kathy already mentioned, 
At the moment, uh, Social Security has suspended uh, in-office visits by the public. Uh, the local field office staffs are still working. Uh, you just can't go in and meet with them face-to-face -face right now. Um, so the second way you can apply for Social Security is online at the Social Security website, ssa.gov, G-O-V. Uh, you can apply online for your own retirement benefit. Uh, if you need to apply for disability benefits, you can apply for disability benefits online. And uh, you can also apply for spouse's benefits online. Now, you can't file for survivor benefits online. Uh, and that brings us to your third option. Your third option is to file your application by telephone. Uh, you can file for all types of Social Security benefits by telephone, whether it's your own retirement, on your spouse's record, uh, survivor benefit, uh, or disability benefit. You can file by phone. And all you have to do is call the Social Security Administration's National 800 number, which is 1-800-772-1213. And they'll schedule an appointment for a representative to call you and do everything right over the telephone. Uh, now, I should mention for people who are living abroad outside the United States, uh, if you need to file for Social Security, you can also contact your embassy or consulate, uh, and they can help you out as well. Oh, um, let me mention uh, that whatever way you're applying for benefits, uh, there's certain information that you're going to need. Uh, you're going to need your name, uh, date of birth, and place of birth, of course, uh, your marital history, uh, names of children that might be eligible for benefits on your record, uh, your work for the current year and the past two years so they can make sure that your record is up to date. Um, if you were in the military service, had active military time, uh, those dates uh, you should get to the Social Security Administration as well. And then very importantly, your direct deposit information, uh, the name of the bank, your routing number, and your account number of where you want Social Security to send your check. Um, the Social Security Administration has a checklist that you uh, of the things you'll need when you apply for benefits, and we've provided the link to that check sheet uh, uh, in the resource folder you'll see on your screen. Well, Kathy, let's discuss the My Social Security account. Can you tell our audiences why it's essential to create a My Social Security account? Sure, Rick. Well, the My Social Security account is an online service that's provided by the Social Security Administration, and it allows you to review your earnings history, check current or future benefits, request a replacement card, and access many other Social Security services. It really is useful. And you don't have to wait until you're eligible to receive Social Security to create an account. You can create one at any time, even long before you reach retirement age. Um, to set up an account, all you need is a valid email address, your Social Security number, and your U.S. mailing address. And then go to ssa.gov slash myaccount and follow the instructions from there. Now, if you currently have a My Social Security account, 
you want to go ahead and log in and make sure that you've opted in to receive notica notifications from the Social Security Administration. And when you opt in for them, you can also ask for an email or a text message to let you know that as a, a, there's a message waiting in your MySSA account. And if you haven't set one up yet, when you do, just make sure to opt in for notifications. All right. Thanks a lot, Kathy. Rob, let's dig into some basic questions about Social Security, such as, when is full retirement age and when should I start collecting my Social Security retirement benefits? Um, let me take the second part of that first. Uh, when should you start collecting your Social Security uh, benefit? Um, there is no one best age for everybody to start their Social Security. It's a very personal decision. It depends on a lot of things, uh, your financial need, uh, your health, uh, family longevity, uh, marital status. Uh, so a lot of things to look at when you're deciding when to start your Social Security benefit, but it is a very important decision because the age you decide to start your benefit uh, is going to affect the amount you're going to collect each month for the rest of your life. Um, full retirement age, uh, which you'll sometimes hear called normal retirement age or FRA, is the age you can start your Social Security benefit and receive the full amount. Um, full retirement age used to be age 65, but it's going up to age 67. If you were born between 1943 and 1954, your full retirement age is age 67. Uh, born in 1955, it's uh, 66 and two months. Uh, I'm sorry, if you're born between 43 and 54, your full retirement age is 66. And that's going up to age 67 for people born in 1960 or later. Um, survivor benefit, uh, full retirement age is also going up on a slightly different schedule. Uh, it's going to reach age 67 for people born in 1962. Now, uh, you can claim your benefit early, but if you claim your benefit early, uh, Social Security reduces the amount you collect, and they reduce it based on the number of months that you sign up early. Uh, so you can sign up for your retirement benefit as early as age 62, but signing up at 62, you take a 30% reduction, up to 30% reduction in your benefit. Uh, spouses filing early at age 62 could take up to a 35% reduction. Um, so... Uh, the longer you wait to get your benefit, the more you're going to get uh, waiting up until full retirement age for spouses and survivor benefits gives you the highest amount. Uh, you can actually increase your own Social Security benefit by waiting up to age 70 to collect your own benefit. Um, so the bottom line is uh, that the older you are when you claim your Social Security benefit, the higher your monthly payment is going to be for the rest of your life. So, um, Rob, another common question about applying for benefits is, when do I get my benefit check? When, do, when does it come in? Yeah, it's a, a good thing to know when you're starting out. Um, first thing is to understand that Social Security uh, pays benefits a month behind. Um, so, uh, for example, the payments that came out in April were for March. The benefit for April will be paid in May. Uh, now, Social Security allows you to file your application for benefits up to four months ahead of time. 
So uh, you want to file early. The earlier you file, the more likely you are going to get your first payment on time. Now, they pay benefits on the second Wednesday, third Wednesday, and fourth Wednesday of each month. And which Wednesday you're going to get your benefit depends on what day of the month you were born. Or if you're collecting on your spouse's record, it may be based on the day of the month your spouse was born. Uh, and here's how it works. If you were born on the 1st through the 10th, you get paid on the second Wednesday. If you were paid on the 11th through the 20th, you get paid on the third Wednesday. And if you were, pay, if you were born on the 21st through the end of the month, uh, then you get your Social Security benefit payment on the fourth Wednesday of each month. Um, so, for example, let's say I was born on the 15th and I'm starting my Social Security this month with April, I would expect to get my first check on the third Wednesday in May. That's excellent information, Rob. Uh, Kathy, any other tips? Yeah, I would just say that, as I mentioned before, if you have a Social Security account, a My SSA account, you can access your benefits estimate based on your earnings record. You can still get that information without a My Social Security account. Um, it's a tool at the ssa.gov website. It's called the Retirement Estimator, and you can get estimates, uh, estimates of your Social Security retirement benefits based on your actual Social Security earnings record. Rob, how does continuing to work impact my benefits? Well, um, when you work, you pay Social Security taxes on your earnings. Uh, you earn Social Security credits. Now, to qualify for a retirement benefit, you have to earn 40 credits. You can earn four credits each year. Uh, so 10 years, you can uh, qualify for a Social Security retirement benefit. But when Social Security calculates your retirement benefit, uh, they're basically using your lifetime earnings. Uh, what they do is they uh, adjust your past earnings for changes in wages uh, throughout your working career. Wages tend to go up uh, throughout an individual's working career, so they make an adjustment. And then they pick out your 35 highest years of earnings, uh, whenever you earn them. doesn't have to be the last 35 or 35 in a row. Um, so uh, uh, they use that uh, average for your 35 years to calculate your what they call a primary insurance amount. It's the amount you would get if you claimed it at full retirement age. Um, so the, the longer you work and the higher your earnings, uh, the higher your Social Security benefit. Um, now, if you uh, reach Social Security retirement age, early retirement age of 62, and you keep working, you have a chance to continue to build on your higher, thir uh, highest 35 years that they'll use to calculate your benefit. And, and keep in mind that once you're 62, if you wait to file for your benefit, uh, your benefit increases uh, also just because you're getting older. Now, if you do start your collecting your Social Security benefit and continue to work, uh, Social Security will look at your record each year 
And uh, you, uh, if you have a new year of earnings that's higher than the lowest year they're using to calculate the current amount of your benefit, uh, they'll throw out the old year, you put in the new year, and give you a little bit of an increase in your benefit. Uh, so even if you start collecting your Social Security benefit, if you uh, keep working, uh, you might have a chance of, of increasing your benefit that way as well. We'll have the opportunity to have your questions answered live by volunteer certified financial planners during part two of this webinar on Thursday, April 30th. Our first airing will be 7 p.m. Eastern time and a second airing will start at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Now let's talk about what happens if you sign up to collect Social Security retirement benefits, but you keep working, Kathy? Yeah, sure, Rick. Now you can uh, collect Social Security and continue to work but your income might actually reduce the amount of your benefit if you start receiving Social Security before your full retirement age. Until then, Social Security doesn't consider you to be fully retired if you make more than a certain amount from work, and it will deduct a portion of your benefits if your earnings exceed that limit. Once you receive, uh, reach uh, Social Security's full retirement age, which is, as Rob had mentioned earlier, between 66 and 67, depending on your year of birth, there's no cap on how much you can earn and still receive your full Social Security benefit. So the earnings limits uh, are adjusted annually. For 2020, you lose $1 in benefits for every $2 you earn over $18,240. So if you have a part-time job, let's say, and it pays $25,000 a year, $6,760 over that limit, Social Security will deduct $3,380 in benefits. But suppose you reach full retirement age this year. Well, in that case, the earnings limit goes all the way up to $48,600 with a dollar in benefits withheld for every $3 over that limit. That applies until you actually hit your full retirement age, and after that, there's no limit. If you're self-employed, Social Security counts your net income only, but if you receive wages, the earnings limit calculations are based on your gross pay. So keep in mind, the earnings cap applies only to income from work. It doesn't count investments, pensions, annuities, or capital gains, and in the case of the stimulus checks, that money will not count as income from work. Now, benefits that you lose by working uh, before you reach full retirement age will actually be recouped later. When you reach full retirement age, Social Security increases your monthly benefit to account for the prior withholding. All right. Thanks, Kathy. Rob, is the earnings limit based on monthly income or yearly income? Right. Um, well, Social Security starts by looking at your total earnings for the whole calendar year. They're going to look at what you earn from January through December. Uh, now, it doesn't matter what month you're starting your Social Security, that's where they start. And if your earnings uh, for the calendar year are under the limits that Kathy mentioned, then you're all set. You collect your Social Security benefit. But if you're over the limit, they're going to calculate how much they're going to withhold and deduct from your Social Security benefit. So they're usually looking at the whole year. 
unless it's your first year of eligibility. Uh, first year of retirement, they call it, usually the first year you're signing up. Uh, if it's your first year, uh, Social Security can use a monthly test. And under the monthly test, even if you earn over the limit for the whole calendar year, you can still collect Social Security. Uh, if your earnings uh, are under a monthly limit or you don't work at all. So, for example, let's say if I was going to retire the end of July and I had earned that, earned that $25,000 that Kathy mentioned, uh, I would expect I might be losing benefits. But if I'm retiring the end of July and I, I don't work or work very little, the rest of the year, then I can go ahead and collect my Social Security benefit based on the monthly test. Um, and now, they can only use the monthly test in one year. Uh, after that first year, uh, they're going to calculate any withholding based on your total earnings for the year. It doesn't matter whether you work one month or 12 months. If you're under the limit, you're okay. If you're over the limit, uh, you're, you're going to lose some Social Security. So if you're old enough to collect Social Security and you're still working, you really need to do your homework on this earnings test to see how your earnings affect what benefit you can or can't collect for the year. All right. Well, Rob, can you tell our audiences how much of their Social Security income may be taxable? Yeah. Um, some people do have to pay uh, federal income taxes on their Social Security benefits. Uh, now, to figure out whether your Social Security benefit is subject to income tax, you have to look at all of your income. Uh, here's where uh, uh, not only do your earnings, if you're working, affect it, but other pensions or interest, uh, dividends, uh, any source of taxable income that you have coming in, um, you have to look at that. And, and then you have to include if you have tax-exempt interest. So what the IRS has you do is you take your adjusted gross income uh, without your Social Security, your adjusted gross income, and then if you have tax-exempt interest, you have to add that in, and then add to that one half of your Social Security. Now, if what you come up with is over a certain threshold, then your Social Security benefits become taxable, and those thresholds are 25000 for an individual filer or 32000 for a uh, married couple filing jointly. So if you go over the 25000 as an individual or 32000 as a joint filer, then your Social Security be benefits become taxable. It starts out with 50% of your Social Security being taxed, and then if uh, your, your combined income goes over 34000 as an individual or 44000 as a joint filer, then up to 85% of your Social Security could be subject to income tax. So I'd suggest that you look at IRS publication 915, that's 915, uh, or IRS notice 7, 
those two publications by the IRS give you the information you need to figure out whether you have to pay income tax on your Social Security. Uh, Social Security will send everybody an SSA 1099 at the end of the year. They send them out in January for the previous taxable year. They send them to everybody. Just because you get one doesn't mean you have to pay income tax on it. Uh, you're going to have to figure that out. Um, and I, I do want to mention there are still a few states out there that also tax portions of your Social Security benefit. I, at last count, I think there were about 13 states that, that uh, do tax some portion of Social Security. So, so be sure to check with your state income tax agency as well. All right, that's good to know. Well, Kathy, can you tell us about spousal benefits? Yeah, so let's say you're married and you either didn't work outside of the home or your spouse has had higher earnings than you throughout your work lives. You may be able to collect a, a larger retirement benefit based on your spouse's work record rather than your own. Depending on your age when claiming, spousal benefits can range from 32.5% to 50% of the husband or wife's retirement age benefit. And regardless of the amount of the spousal benefit, it doesn't affect the amount of your mate's retirement payment. You can qualify for uh, spousal benefits if your spouse is already collecting retirement benefits, if you've been married for at least a year, and if you're at least age 62. And that's unless you're caring for a child who is under age 16 or is disabled, in which case the age rule doesn't apply. Okay. What about people who are divorced? Can they still collect spousal benefits? They can, um, but the eligibility rules are different. Um, so you can collect spousal benefits if you're divorced, if the marriage lasted at least 10 years, if you've not remarried, um, if you're at least 62 years old, and if your ex-spouse is entitled to collect Social Security, retirement, or disability benefits. And your former spouse doesn't have to be collecting his or her retirement benefits for you to claim ex-spousal benefits. However, if this is the case, the divorce must be at least two years old. And there's no requirement if your ex is already receiving benefits. And also remember, you'll have the opportunity to have your questions answered live by volunteer certified financial planners during part two of this webinar on Thursday, April 30th. Our first airing will begin at 7 p.m. Eastern time and a second airing will start at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Next, let's discuss survivor benefits. Rob, who's eligible for survivor benefits and when can you apply or claim for a survivor benefit? Yeah, uh, when a worker pays into Social Security and dies, if they've worked long enough, they've, they've picked up Social Security coverage for uh, family members. And those family members include children, uh, surviving spouses, uh, could be a surviving divorce spouse in certain cases, and uh, financially dependent parents. Um, now, uh, children um, can qualify starting with the month of the worker's death. Uh, so an eligible child uh, should be applying right away or the adult responsible for the surviving child should be contacting Social Security right away to apply. And the child can qualify uh, if uh, he or she is under the age of 18 uh, or up to age 19 if the child is still in full-time uh, school attendance, uh, no higher than grade 12 high school. Uh, and Social Security can also pay a worker surviving child at any age if that 
child has a disabling condition that started before their 22nd birthday. Now, uh, a surviving uh, parent, a, a mother or father, should also apply right away uh, if uh, he or she has a child in care that is entitled uh, on uh, the deceased worker's record. Uh, the spouse can qualify at any age if they have a child entitled on the worker's record who is under the age of 16 or uh, if that child is disabled. Now, otherwise, surviving spouses generally have to wait until age 60 before they can claim. So if you're already 60, you'd want to contact Social Security right away. Um, a surviving spouse can qualify as early as age 50 if the surviving spouse is disabled. So again, if you meet those requirements, file right away. Um, otherwise, you can file uh, four months before you reach the age that you want to start your Social Security benefit. Um, but do keep in mind that you get the highest survivor benefit as a surviving spouse if you wait and claim it at your full retirement age. Social Security will reduce that if you claim early. Uh, if you claim a survivor benefit at age 60 as a widower, widower, or surviving divorced spouse, you would get 71.5% of the full benefit. So again, a significant reduction. Uh, and then lastly, a financially dependent parent uh, can qualify at the age of 62. Great uh, information, uh, Rob. Kathy, any final information for our audiences? Yeah, Rick, thanks. I want to call everybody's attention to a scam that's on the rise due to the coronavirus pandemic. Unfortunately, scammers are working overtime. And in this case, they're sending fraudulent letters threatening suspension of Social Security benefits due to the uh, closures of field offices. And you might receive a letter or a robocall that states your payments will be suspended or discontinued unless you call the phone number that they reference in that letter or the phone call. If you call the number, then the scammers may try to mislead you into providing sensitive personal information like your social security number or payment to maintain regular benefit payments while the field offices are closed. Just please don't call that number and know that Social Security will not suspend or discontinue benefits because their local field offices are closed. It just isn't going to happen. And they will not suspend or decrease Social Security benefit payments due to the pandemic. Any communication that you receive that says Social Security will do so, it's an absolute scam, whether you receive it by letter, by text, by email, or by a phone call. Um, and Social Security may call you in some rare situations, but they will never threaten you. They will never suspend your Social Security number. They will never demand immediate payment from you. They uh, won't require payment by cash or gift card or prepaid debit card or internet currency or wire transfer. And they will never ask for gift card numbers over the phone or to wire or mail cash. You can report Social Security scams through the Social Security's Office of Inspector General, and that's at oig.ssa.gov. You can also call to report or to get help from trained fraud fighter volunteers on the AARP Fraud Watch Network helpline. That number is 877-908-3360, and you do not have to be a member to take advantage of that opportunity to get some help on our helpline. You know, research shows, Rick, that if you know about a specific scam, that you are 80% less likely to engage with it. And if you do engage, you are 40% less 
less likely to fall victim. So please, everybody, when you hear about scams like this, share it with everybody in your network so that they, in essence, can be inoculated if the scam comes their way. Uh, that is really excellent information, Kathy. And remember, now you'll have the opportunity to have your questions answered live by volunteer certified financial planners during part two of this webinar on Thursday, April 30th. Our first airing will begin at 7 p.m. Eastern time and a second airing will start at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Rob, do you have any final tips for our audience? Yeah, sure. Just, just want people to know that the Social Security Administration is doing everything necessary at the present time to, to make sure that people who are eligible for their benefits are getting paid and, and that people who need to sign up and get their benefits started are being taken care of. Um, if you're looking for information because you're planning for the f future, um, please visit the AARP Social Security Resource Center. A lot of great information there. Uh, visit Social Security's website at ssa.gov. They've got uh, some benefit planners on there and all of their publications are online. If you do need to do business with Social Security. They are there. They're taking care of people. Um, if you can, try to do your business online with your My Social Security account uh, or through the National 800 automated telephone services that they provide. Uh, but if you can't do it online or you can't use the automated services, uh, call the Social Security Administration. Um, they are there to help you out and take care of whatever you need to, uh, to do. Um, just as Kathy mentioned earlier, uh, you know, pour yourself your beverage of choice and uh, maybe grab a good book and do be prepared for some rather long hold times. Uh, but with uh, patience and perseverance, uh, you will get through to the Social Security Administration and they will take care of you. All right. That's good. Thanks, Rob. Looks like we're almost out of time. I hope some of your questions were addressed and that you found information we covered in this webinar helpful. Now, right now, while this is all fresh in your mind, here are a few things you can do. If you're eligible to enroll now or have questions, head straight to ssa.gov or call 800-772-1213. Set up a My Social Security account at ssa.gov. Visit AARP's Social Security Resource Center at aarp.org slash social security where you'll find answers on the key factors that shape your benefits and more. Visit the resources folder and download our document that lists all the important websites, phone numbers, and dates. You can also visit learn.aarp.org to find links to other online events, in-person workshops, our Learn at 50 plus podcast series, and AARP's learning library, where you can have access to hundreds of interactive videos, online games, quizzes, and other on-demand content, on relevant topics that matter to you. Thanks for listening to the Learn at 50 Plus podcast. Be sure to check out our other podcasts from AARP that can help you get ready for what's next in your life. You can also continue learning by visiting the Learn at 50 Plus link, where you'll find webinars, interactive videos, online games, and in-person workshops in your community. Thanks again for being with us today, and I hope you'll join us again soon.